As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello everyone, welcome to Fission, the podcast where we discuss modern's most competitive tribe and help the whole community become better merfolk players. I'm Cody, one of the co-hosts of the show and not Cody Smith on Twitter, and we also have, as always, Matt. How are you doing, Matt? As uh, sometimes, Matt. Uh, I'm, doing, I'm doing okay. Uh, again, I want to apologize for uh, being a little uh, less frequent these last couple weeks. As uh, some of you guys know, I'm going back and getting another master's degree. And this one is actually a little bit harder than anticipated. So I had a, a, a midterm last week. And as of Saturday, I worked in front of my computer for 16 straight hours. So I'm walking around a little bit like Quasimodo. My brain kind of hurts. Um, I, I got this weird pain in my arm. My wife says it might be a heart attack, but I, I think I'll be okay. I, I had some bacon this morning. So I don't know, but I'm here. I'm ready to talk some magic. All right. It's, it's good to have you back, my friend. And uh, so uh, we, we have a special guest this week to kind of help us discuss uh, getting back into modern. I, we haven't talked about modern in, in some time, so it, it'll What's be good to... modern? What's, what is a modern? <laughs> what is a modern? <laughs> but we have a special guest to kind of help us uh, dive back into modern, uh, as Hey, as I we get say. it. That, that, that was, and, that was uh, the thing, right? Yeah, it dive was. Dive back in? It was, definitely, it was definitely on purpose and not on accident in any way. Uh, <laughs> and our guest this week is Merfolk Joe. How are you doing, Joe? Hey, Joe, thank you. Hey, guys. Are, are there actually other formats other than modern? <laughs> there are other formats. There's... Uh, uh, there, there's... There is the one true frontier that is arena and what arena yeah. gives us like desk. There's like kitchen table modern and then like competitive modern and then really competitive modern. <laughs> so, 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 uh, Joe, could you give us a little introduction and tell us about, uh, where we can find you on the internet and what you do and all that fun stuff. Well, oh, and real quick, um, Joe said that Cody's not allowed to call him merfolk Joe constantly. So we're going to keep a tally of how many times Cody screws that up. All right, that sounds that sounds fair. No, I mean you could say it as many times as you want. It's just kind of like funny, right? I mean, it's cumbersome. Merfolk it is, it is very cumbersome. <laughs> it is what it is. My name. You is might have to. You, have, you might have to splice uh, cumbersome the uh, song so, every time you do oh, that. 
<laughs> so guys, uh, I am on YouTube at Merfolk Joe. You know, just type it in and I'll show up. Uh, I, I'm not a big social media guy in general, so I don't have Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that stuff. So just check me out on YouTube. I've been doing it for, it has it's a long time now. Like, I don't even know, four years or something? I'm just guessing. But it started, I had this idea where, you know, I've been playing Merfolk for already a few years and had a, obviously a lot of observations about the way that it plays. It's a deck that I personally find, you know, really kind of can hook you. Um, another Merfolk pun. Ha-ha. Uh, <laughs> I get it. And Because um, fish hooks go in fish and they, Merfolk are fish. You, you're, so, you're so quick. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so any, anyhow, moving on. Uh, Anyhow, I was I was really sort of fascinated by the deck, and I wanted to share what I had learned with everybody. And um, I I made this primer series. It was I think seven videos, and it took me a long time. It had a lot of slides and discussed all those sort of different aspects. You could look at the deck from like the general strategy um, to its position in the metagame uh, to the lands and the creatures, and you know how they all work together. And that was just I guess Merfolk Joe's guide to merfolk i think or to modern merfolk and i think it has you know thousands and thousands of views at this point so it seems like some people have found it useful and since then i've just you know uploaded a lot of gameplay videos and try to keep up with the times um you know the, all the subtle shifts in the deck and the metagame and yeah just do my best i there have definitely been patches where i haven't uh, been very good about uploading i'm sure it, you know you're doing a second master's degree you understand you know <laughs> Life gets in the way sometimes, but absolutely. I have a Patreon. I have a Patreon page, so um, I, I really want to thank the the patrons who have stuck with me. There's like a small handful of you guys. I could understand people, you know, abandoning ship when I don't upload in like two months, but I definitely do my best, and I appreciate all the support I get from you guys. What's that? What's that Patreon address? Uh it's just Merfolk Joe. Uh, Patreon.com slash Merfolk Joe. I think. Sweet. Uh, so, yeah, so before we and jump real in- quick, uh, Cody, I want to um, interject real, real quickly. Um, and I do want to say absolutely just thank you for being on. Uh, as you're not so much into social media, you probably don't know this, but anytime we talk modern, we talk you and Nikachu because you guys are really the kind of the two pillars of the modern community when it comes to Merfolk. Uh, so there's a lot of uh, times that we are just dissecting decks and a lot of times it's stuff that you've done and kind of your gameplay and your strategy. So it's just really cool to be able to talk modern with you live face to face, or I, I guess I'm not looking at you, but voice to voice. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. Uh, and thank you guys very much for inviting me uh, to participate. I think it's kind of amazing that we have all these content creators uh, sort of around Merfolk. I don't know that a lot of other decks or any other decks have that kind of passion uh, in their, in their community. So I'm you know ha- really happy to be here with you guys. You got the one goblin guy just kind of raising his fist right now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I, I do want to say um, I'm flattered that you guys, you know, are uh, compare me with Nikachu. He's um, so he's been really, really consistent with his uploads uh, forever, and it's it's so helpful to have somebody who's so passionate and uh, persistent in his presence and and the way that he shares everything with us is is uh, you know it's very much appreciated and you know to be mentioned. Alongside him is, as I said, flattering. So um, thanks. Yeah, not a problem. 
So before we get into our show as, as, as normal, we want to thank our listeners and subscribers. Um, and remember that a good way to support the show is by rating the show in the iTunes podcast and just telling a friend, you know, if, if you have a friend of yours that, that kind of plays Merfolk on the side or has a really cool com- Merfolk commander deck, make sure to tell them about the podcast. That's a great way to help spread the word. So Cody, I came with this system. So everybody should go find 10 friends and tell them about the podcast. And then those 10 friends should tell 10 friends. And then those 10 friends should tell 10 friends. And then lots of people will know about the podcast. I'm calling yeah. it my triangle theme. It's, Everybody it's a, should look at this tri- triangle. <laughs> so we're like the top of the triangle, and we're going to make the triangle bigger. It's a triangle theme, not a pyramid scheme. That sounds like like a grandma, a grandma email, you know, like, <laughs> if you want to cure this woman of her cancer, send it to 10 of your friends. Well, yeah. I got the idea from my um, friend from uh, Africa, who's a uh, prince, who was uh, gonna send me like two million dollars. I'm, I'm I'm waiting on the check to clear. Sounds like a good deal. Yeah, it really you does. You guys know black lotuses? Because uh, <laughs> they're on me. um i I do want to say that we have a survey um that will be in the show notes um i I have it pinned to the top of our twitter um it is basically just a survey that kind of uh talks about our our current patreon rewards as well as uh potential patreon rewards we want to find out how to give back to you the best um we've had a little bit of a dip in in patreon support and we totally understand you know financial situations change and, and so we wouldn't ever ask anybody to give you know if they're not able to but we do uh, appreciate your continued support uh, like like those uh, like the support of Jason M and my wife Jessica Smith uh, who who's who was one of our first patrons <laughs> but she's given us twelve dollars to yeah, the patreon Jess. so um so but thank you to our patrons um you guys are mean a lot to us uh, we also have uh uh, Teespring store. I promise I will get some more uh, shirts uploaded here soon. Um, and as well as Inked Gaming, our our sponsor. Uh, if you use the code Fishcast10 at checkout, uh, you get ten percent off your purchase, and that come that all comes to help us out uh, here at your favorite Merfolk podcast, which hopefully is your only Merfolk podcast. Um, but yeah, and we also have our own uh, we have our own uh, playmats up, so those are pretty sweet. Uh, so if you like Merfolk uh, and you want to support the show. Uh, buy buy those play mats. Use the use the coupon code uh, fishcast ten, and we'll How be. How cool is this thing? Yeah, I, this is like the coolest play mat ever. I don't think I've seen the play mat, so I might I might have to pick one of those up. Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Uh, we had Ishton do the artwork, who does a lot of the chibi merfolk uh, on Twitter. I know you're not a big Twitter guy, uh, Joe, but uh, they're they're kind of. I use Reddit the all this time, so I've seen I've seen her stuff on Reddit. Yeah, no, it's it's all great, and uh, yeah, Ishton is a great artist, so. Um, all right, so before we get into the main topic, which again, we're going to be talking about uh, merfolk in modern, like the kind of the state of modern and where merfolk uh, sit, rests in that spot. Um, but we're going to talk about... It's not bad. <laughs> we're going to be talking about the random merfolk card. And this random merfolk is... Spoiler, uh, it's is, not bad. It's not... It's, re- it's actually random. You got to believe me. <laughs> it, it, it really was random. Uh, Joe picked uh, a, a number off the top of his head while, like, right when we started this Skype call. Uh, so uh, you picked random number uh, 200... Right. Did we start the Skype call, Cody? Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. Two, okay. So half an hour oh, right, after we started... the Skype call. Yeah. Mr. Third <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so, so uh, Joe, do you want to read this random merfolk for us? Uh, sure. Uh, so I think the number was like 128, and you pulled up Miscaller. So um, some of you may have seen this card before. Uh, so it's Miscaller. It's from Magic 2019. Uh, it's cre- a creature, a merfolk wizard, uh, a 1-1, one, one, 
and it, its ability says sacrifice miscaller until end of turn if a non-token creature would enter the battlefield and it wasn't cast exile it instead and the uh the flavor text reads hospitality is of little concern to those who do not wish to be disturbed well that's deep huh <laughs> get it get it get it deep waka waka uh, <laughs> So, so anyhow, uh, Miss Kohler, yeah. So this this card so, has seen a lot of play Cody recently. Cody and I love this card. <laughs> yeah, it's relevant. Ish. Now, Joe, I think you have a, a hot take though. I think I, I think it's burning. It's like it's straight fire. Uh, on uh, my take on Miss Kohler. Yeah. All right. So look, I'm gonna say Miss Kohler. Miss Kohler is not the weakest Merfolk that was ever printed. It definitely uh, can do some work. There are matchups that it's quite good against, like uh, this this Phoenix decks and. I don't know, whatever, Dredge, Hollow One, things where things are popping up from the graveyard all the time. But that's still just a small slice of the metagame, and it, re- it kind of saddens me that the card has been getting a lot of play in main decks because, I, I don't know, offhand, I can't name, like, a fringe human sideboard card. Imagine if humans just main decked Is It Staticaster because it was, like, the best choice, you know? Like, it's, it's just sad, right? I mean, it's like we have so few decent Merfolk to choose from that we're going to run this card that's only actually good in... Five matchups out well, of like seven hundred. Print more merfolk, then they wouldn't be able to print more humans. Oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> we have to have thirty humans to every merfolk card. Uh, the- fair, fair. Yes, that, that does get to the heart of the issue. <laughs> um, so anyhow, Miss Caller, Miss Caller, for the last like two months has been main deck for like most modern merfolk pilots, I think. And as I said, it's just kind of saddening uh, because it's it's not it's not a card that should be played in a main deck. Um, sort of full stop, right? And anybody who plays Magic should be able to agree with me, right? Like, imagine somebody new to Magic and they read this card. It's like, okay, until the end of turn, oh, it's like, okay, so what does that even do? You know, it's like people are like, okay, so there are these crazy combo decks, you see where like things sometimes come back from the graveyard. It's like, yeah, but what about creatures attacking each other, you know, and things like getting killed and bounced and it's just like, well, Miss Cola doesn't really interact on normal axes. It just sort of happens to help a little bit against this one particular approach that certain decks take. So I, not in the main deck. I definitely could appreciate some people playing like one or two of them in the sideboard alongside some other cards that do things against graveyard strategies like Relic of Progenitus or Surgical Extraction, those kinds of things. So um, anyhow, that's about it. That's, that's my hot take on Miss Caller. Now, I've got, I've got something to kind of ask you about because now... When when uh, Miscaller was printed, um, it generally wasn't seen as very powerful. Um, then we kind of saw modern kind of shift into this v- very uh, uh, super fast format with Dredge and with Arclight Phoenix. Um, no, in in modern in Legacy, we kind of saw the power level that it could potentially have. Yeah, it, well, Legacy and Vintage are, are two different monsters. We're just talking yeah, about... Yeah, well, and, and Joe's here, and we're talking pre- predominantly modern, but I do want to mention that Miss Caller has a place in Legacy Merfolk. Uh, is it main-decked in Legacy right now? It is not. No, it's, it's sideboard. Well, that's fine, right? I mean, so it's like the... I know that um, Reanimator in uh, in Legacy is extremely powerful, right? And very popular. Exa- exactly, right? and then Sneak and Show and things like that. All, and, all the, even, and Legacy right. Legacy cheats a lot more. Sure, and even, right, so it doesn't have to come from the graveyard. You're right, it can come from, like, collected company in Modern, but then yeah. Sneak and Show in uh, in Legacy. And even in such a powerful format where so much stuff is getting cheated in, it's not even main deckable, right? So, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I did some testing with it in mainboard, and uh, I was not as impressed with it as I was with Ben or Benthic Biomancer in the mainboard. Mm-hmm. Um, You're talking about so, modern now, right? Well, in legacy, but oh, in, legacy. In, mo- in modern as well. Um, so, so I just I think that um, our view of Miscolor was kind of skewed because of the environment that it was in. So it was kind of like it came out, and it was like, eh. But then, like immediately after that, we st- we started seeing all these decks that were abusing the graveyard, um, and you know, all of a sudden, Miscolor made a lot of sense. Now that Modern is kind of not that, you know, it's not all Arclight Phoenix and Dredge and and uh, Hollow One decks. Um, we don't have to worry as much about that effect. So it's it's much easier to see it for what it is, uh, which is a very narrow card. It's when, a sideboard card, right? Yeah. And 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 a decent one, right? Because when its effect does hit, it can it can be quite strong. You know, if the guy has the opponent has three Arclight Phoenixes, those triggers are not optional so you know all three phoenixes are just going to get exiled and that's that's a pretty powerful effect for a one drop to have but even though you know phoenix decks are like whatever six percent of the meta game or said whatever it is um <laughs> you when you compare it to the other 94 percent, it just you know it should be in the sideboard so now uh, joe are you playing him in the sideboard in your de- deck uh, I'm, cur- I'm currently not so okay. i'm taking it i'm taking an approach right now with my sideboard uh where I'm really, I'm trying to, you know, there's there's lots of obvious, you know, different ways that you can approach sideboarding. Um, one is to try to shore up, you know, pretty much every matchup you could possibly have, right? And that that gets pretty difficult because you find yourself being stretched really thin. Uh, and Merfolk is a deck that already has pretty 50-50-ish matchups against a lot of decks, mm-hmm. the majority of decks, I could say. But then there are the few that really can shut us down. And those tend to be like hyper-fast aggro. Um, Pretty much hyper fast aggro, like that's that's what does us in for the most part. Um, so my sideboard right now is just like four of uh, Chalice, Chalice of the Void, um, pretty much for like just all that stuff that goes bananas. I mean, Chalice is the best card against Affinity, but especially if you're on the play, you drop it on zero, it turns off a lot of stuff that they just spit out on turn one. Like, uh, what am I thinking of? Like um, dropping of- Chalice on zero on Affinity is like the best feeling in the world. It's pretty good, right? So you do that on the it, play. It's like Chalice on zero Affinity, chocolate. Uh-huh. So hang and on. And then hang on. like I've, some I've things got- we can't talk about with because this is a PG-13 <laughs> show. Right on. I've got I've got a good story from, from uh, Chalice on zero from just this morning, I think. I was playing against... Is the first match of a competitive league, and it was an Amulet Titan deck, but they were running Lotus Blooms, which I think is like outdated tech. Um, so obviously, you know, against Amulet, you're going to bring in Chalice anyway because of their um, Summoner's Packs. To be mm-hmm. being able to shut them off is is a pretty big deal. Um, but this guy was playing Lotus Bloom, so I had so many more targets for uh, Chalice on zero. So um, in game one. I just threw out like Chalice on zero, like pretty early. It was a little bit kind of amateurish because you want to keep it in hand until you think they might actually use a zero drop because they could like uh, just blow it up or something, you know, and you really don't want to lose the Chalice. So fortunately, it got me there in game two. But then game three, the guy suspended two Lotus Blooms on, on turn one. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and so I had, I had like, I think I had two Chalices in my hand. So I was like, I had backup. So they're ticking down, ticking down. I'm hitting for like two or three a turn. And this guy's got like one land, two lands. He's got like no, he's got no amulet. This is like his whole game plan is get eight mana through Lotus Blooms and then just cast Elish Norn or some, something stupid. So 
Yeah, it was like my turn. There was one counter on each Lotus Bloom. I was I attacked, and then second main phase, I was like, yeah, Chalice on zero. Goes to his turn, counters both Lotus Blooms. He's got like three mana, and he just he just scoops. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's a, it's a card that can just kind of like do stupid stuff like that. And um, other matchups that that it hits really hard that can just kind of get us and make us like you know suddenly go from being like a three two or four one league to just losing is like Boggles. Uh, Chalice just wrecks Boggles. Um, these that's kind of a fringe example. Goblins is another fringe example, like eight whack. But the top two decks, you know, we're going to be talking a little bit about the format. But the top two decks are Grixis Death Shadow and Is It Phoenix right now, and those decks run like thirty one drops. So you get that on the table, and you're you're sitting pretty against those guys. Um, now, even though we have solid matchups against Grixis Death Shadow and Is It Phoenix already, extra help doesn't hurt. So. Um, yeah, let's let's so, yeah, go I, ahead. Let's go ahead and just move straight into the topic then. I mean, we we kind of I think we've already have done that. Yeah, sure. we, I mean, we, we kind of have. Just, have. Just, <laughs> uh, just to finish talking, you were asking about Miscaller in the sideboard. I prefer to have just the four relics because they do so much work against like the mid-range decks like Jund and, and Mardu and those kinds of things. Um, so that's eight cards already in the sideboard, which takes up most of the space. And then two Echoing Truths just to like you know bounce an Ensnaring Bridge or worship that kind of thing. Um, what else do I have? I can just I can just pull it over. I have my list right here. Um, three Hercules recalls is another thing I'm doing, as I mentioned, to just address our weaknesses. Uh, so af affinity is present in like two different forms basically. Now it's got the classic shape and then hardened scales. And Hercules recall is you know as good an answer as it's ever been. Like some people say, well, you know, affinity can still beat you. It's like, well, of course they can. They're affinity. They can do a good job. Um, but Hercules recalls are best. They answer. might be able to play six cards on turn zero so yeah and then you bounce <laughs> the thing and they play it again on on turn one it's just like exactly that. so and then a couple dismembers so it's it's a very very um it's a format sorry it's a sideboard that's trying to address our weaknesses but so if we're going to talk a little bit about the metagame um anybody who's listening might want to pull up uh, mtg goldfish's website at the top if you click decks and then metagame there'll be a link from modern and then if you scroll down past like the, the top few decks, it'll say like view more. And so that's what I'm going to be looking at here. It's got like a hundred decks. I mean, modern is kind of insane. And, and if you're looking at this in the future, welcome from the past. I, well, <laughs> well, number one, this this list will be updated based on whatever whatever your current meta is uh, whenever you're listening to this. And number two, I will also have all these links in the show notes. So uh, uh, if you're if you're listening to it on your podcast app or or on YouTube or whatever. You'll be able to click these links and follow along with us. Hey, future people! Wasn't February 2019 crazy? <laughs> waka waka. So, um, so if you guys listening uh, have this sort of modern metagame spread out in front of you on MTG Goldfish, you know I love modern. I've been playing it a long time now. Um, looking at the current state of the format on 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 the website, you know we can see it's incredibly vibrant and diverse. Um, in my view, it's pretty much always been the case uh, with the format. Uh, many people, I you know, you hear them online. People love to complain online. Um, they like to find that all the different faults with the format. You know, things that they want banned. Uh, I've always found the internet very like <laughs> reasonable and calm. No, it's not. It's not. Everybody's really nasty on the internet. What? And, um, <laughs> so I, I don't know. I'm an optimist. Some of you guys who who listen to my um, videos know that I tend to be pretty pretty uh, upbeat. You know, um, I don't like to swear. I don't like to use a lot of blue language and things like that. So anyhow, I love modern. It's It's been amazing. I started playing Magic again. I played in high school when I was like 
That was like a million years ago. But I picked it up again in 2012 around Return to Ravnica. And I've been playing it like since since then pretty much. And with the exception of just the Eldrazi Winter, which was actually not bad for Merfolk really because Spreading Seas did such a good job um, hitting Eldrazi. What was it? Um, Eye of Ugin. That card was so stupid. And, and that got or, banned. Or, or the, the Temple, yeah. Sure, well, you know, that's still legal. But um, once I got banned, you know, things just went back to being great right away. So um, Modern's, Modern's a great format. So, and we're gonna see a little bit of that as I, as I discuss some of the decks. Um, so the top two decks are really interesting in my view because like the fact that they're there, um, because of the, how, how you could describe their archetype, they, they really encompass kind of the whole spectrum of traditional uh, magic archetypes. The first three, the sort of the triangle, the rock, paper, scissors of magic are the pyramid, if you will. Pyramid or triangle, <laughs> as you said earlier, I think. Um, you have control, control, aggro, and combo, right? And and one one of them each beats the other one. And then some somewhere down the line, you know, people some people said, what about mid range? So mid range is an important thing to include. So you have aggro, control, combo, mid range, and those pretty much describe Griffith's Death Shadow, like all of them. You know, they have obvious. You know, they can win on turn three if they get all of their pieces together. So that's both aggressive. Obviously, a combination of certain important cards that put things in the graveyard, hit their life total, you know, give them double strike, that kind of stuff. Um, and then very controlling and very mid-rangey with all of their removal. Is it Phoenix is pretty similar, right? They have like so much synergy with the graveyard, but they need the cards that put the things in the graveyard. And then they need other spells that enable them to just cast more than one thing in a turn, like Monomorphos. If all those things come together, it's very combo-like. And they end up with a board with like a bunch of flying you know, three twos, I think is what, what the Phoenix is. And, um, again, they have a bunch of removal. Um, so they're kind of controlling kind of mid rangey, um, value oriented in the sense that, um, like in a, as a mid range deck would be because they're, you know, they're getting, um, flashback with faithless looting. Um, and yeah, they bring in things like anger of the gods that, you know, try to, stabilize in a mid game the way that like a mid range deck would they're not all in like aggro combo so i don't know um it, as i was saying kind of fascinates me that the top two decks are these very like they're kind of snapshots of the format as a whole in the sense that they represent all sort of facets of how you might play magic you, what do you guys think about that you know that take on that am i on the am i on the mark do you think or i i think you're actually in the realm of uh reality yeah. uh no no, no. i i mean yeah you're you're 100 right i mean <sighs> you know it's not like um yeah i'm, 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 not, I'm blanking sorry <laughs> no it's okay if you, if, if you look at if you look at legacy for example uh you have decks that are um sort of super hyper linear like reanimator right i guess you know sneak and show those kinds of decks they do run like counter spells right so they could be said to be a little bit interactive in that sense Right, but um, let me open up like an Is It Phoenix list, for example. You're not going to have like Sneak and Show or Reanimator running garbage like Gutshot, right? I mean, Gutshot is like a combo enabler, essentially. Right? Fire Rexy, man, it is broken. Well, yeah, but it's broken only in the right spot, right? Like, yeah. so um, Is It Phoenix, like their combo, quote unquote combo, I guess, is they want to flip thing in the ice by casting a ton of spells, and Gutshot is free. So let's do that, right? Um, yeah. But they're not just the combo deck. They're like this kind of card advantage deck with with crackling Drake drawing a bunch of cards, you know. Um, and I don't know. It's I mean, it, you, it, you look at this deck and it almost 
like if you just glance at it for a second, reminds you of the traditional um, storm deck. But then you kind of look at it, and then all of a sudden you realize if they fizzle out on their storm, they're not dead in the water like you would be on playing against storm. I mean, they got so much other things going on. They do, and and it can be quite frustrating playing against them. And you think you know that they're uh, they fizzled, quote unquote fizzled or whatever. But then they play a crackling drake, and it's like twenty power or something. Right? <laughs> And a lot of decks don't really have a way to deal with that. You know, if we have a Harbinger, then great. We get to live another turn and a half or something like that. But Well, especially a mono blue deck with all the uh, spot removal, right? Right. And Dismember, Dismember can do, right, all the spot removal. Well, we do have Dismember. So Dismember is a great answer to correctly. And, and uh, what, Imprison in the Moon? <laughs> and, uh, that sweet, that's sweet, sweet I have like 30 tech. of them. It's, it's going to be awesome one day. That's going pretty deep right there. Imprison, <laughs> it, you're going to turn there. Um, crackling drake into a land right that's what it does colorless land colorless land yeah well so well, anyhow um I, I just as i was saying like I, it, it's really neat to me that the top two decks are these weird amalgamations of different strategies that just happen to work so sensationally with the particular cards like death shadow as a card this um arc light phoenix as a card right like these are total build around cards and as it turns out they're really powerful so um, and, and just on topic uh, has nothing to do with Merfolk, but when, when people always say like Modern's a solved format, blah blah blah, <laughs> I always like just bring up Grix's Death Shadow. That deck existed for years Dude, in the did, format did. before anybody figured out it was like the best deck in the format. <laughs> I've 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 always been a really big fan of the card Death Shadow. It's just such a fascinating design, and you know you look at it and you think it's a 13-13 one drop. How can that not get played? And now is it? It's not only getting played. It's the number one deck in what I. It's one of the most popular formats, right? So, um, well, not was, only is it played, it's played in Legacy now. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so I mean, yeah, they're good decks, um, and they kind of encapsulate the format unto themselves. But um, moving on, uh, you know, you just have so many different archetypes. Like in the first row here, I see Dredge, which is a, a dedicated graveyard strategy. Burn. Everybody knows Burn. They're just throwing lightning bolts at your face. Banned spirits. You know, if you're not really familiar with the way that the deck works. Um, it's not just like a beat your facing creature deck, right? They have things like Reflector Mage and now uh, Deputy of Detention. Is that the name of that card? Yeah. Um, and and then um, what else? Spell Queller, obviously. You know, it was like their form of a counter spell. So that deck is is more controlling than I think many newcomers to the format might understand. So wait a second. Uh, it's Corbin. Uh, Cody, correct me if I'm wrong. Cor Corbin always says that Spell Queller's the misc are. Um... Curse catcher, the best curse catcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, we, when we had him on, uh, he he basically said that spell queller uh, is the best curse the best curse catcher that's ever been printed. <laughs> uh, As Corbin Hostler, by the way, you guys should go to B Dubs and um, buy Squatty Potties. <laughs> <laughs> okay, whatever that means. <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, it's it's it, spell queller is an amazing card, and it, it's one of those cards that makes me frustrated. When we get so little for merfolk, you know that like why does why does humans get so much or, or spirits? I guess, but that is a well, that is a spirit in this case, I guess. Spirits and humans just seem to get so many nice toys all at once, and then we got Miss Caller. <laughs> well, anyhow, wizards, yeah. can we please stop making humans and have a yeah. new tribe called people? Yeah, let's just let's just stop now. We have enough humans. Let's have people from here on out. That's that's not a bad suggestion, actually. So one of my friends uh, who plays merfolk. Uh, his name, his name is, uh, well, online is Stoneheart. Uh, his real name is Kyle. Um, he and I 
both loved Militia Bugler enough that we spent a good amount of this past summer testing Merfolk with Militia Bugler. Now that's, you know, it's a little bit embarrassing, but it wins games because the card's so good and humans can can get even more out of that card. So, you know, it's just all these random like uncommons just being so amazing for humans is kind of upsetting. But that's not really what we're talking about. Let's uh let's continue. Mon you have Mono Green Tron. It's uh it's a ramp control deck, you know, you have two pure control decks with uh blue white and Jeskai. Um, these are all like top 10 decks in modern right now. Amulet Titan, similar to Green Tron in the sense that it's a ramp deck, but Amulet Titan is like a ramp combo deck, right? They're just trying to spit out a Titan that gets a lot of lands that do a bunch of other stuff. Uh, further, A little further along, you have Humans, which is quite, quite similar. In, in the Mono Green Tron and Amulet Titan, the big difference, in my opinion, yeah. is Mono Green Tron is a lot more consistent, but gets a lot more hate because people are playing are expecting it more in the sideboard mm -hmm. when they uh, play. Whereas the uh, Amulet Titan deck is not as consistent, but doesn't have as many sideboard answers uh, in opposing decks. Yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Uh, it's true. You know, they they have ancient stirrings uh, to mm -hmm. dig for their amulet, but they really need to find that amulet pretty quickly. And if they don't, you know, the deck doesn't really do nearly as well as when they do have it. So correct. Um, Whereas Tron has twelve of the Tron pieces and eight eggs and a million different ways to dig out their lands. So. Yeah, it's true. So, um, but both ramp decks, one kind of mm -hmm. more control oriented, one more combo oriented. Um, then you have, uh, I think these new uh, four color word decks is in the is in, in the top 10. I think it's like ninth place right now by, by percentage. Uh, so, you know, in the top 10, you have Tron, blue white control, uh, Jeskai control, four color, they call it prison on MTG Goldfish, but most people refer to it as horror. So four out of the top 10 decks are just sort of straight up control decks. Um, and then, you know, yes, you do have a lot of aggro then. Um, but, you know, some combo too with Amulet Titan. I guess combo is the one that's being a little bit underrepresented, but Dredge can be said to be a little bit combo-y, right? No, no, I, I completely agree. I think Dredge essentially is a combo deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah no, so, I agree. Yeah, it, it pretty much is. And some people have called Burn a combo deck, but that's just kind of silly. It's just all the same spell over and over again. Mm-hmm. So anyhow, uh, pretty diverse just looking at like the top 10, but if you keep going, I mean, Modern is like infinitely deep. It's got so many decks that can just spike any given tournament. You've got two versions of Affinity, which it's kind of wild that they're like not even in the top 10 right now. You've got Storm, which you know, could beat anybody. It's just kind of like a bonkers deck. They can win on turn three, like whenever. Uh, Mardu Pyromancer, more mid-range with Jund, and then you've got Rock that is like John, but without the red. Um, all these decks are getting increasingly um, refined with each new set that comes out. It's really amazing, like how streamlined these decks have become. Like, the, like Black Green Rock runs Field of Ruin, but John doesn't. You know, and it's like one of the decks runs Kalidus, or more copies of Kalidus Trader of Get, but other ones run fewer. And you know, these are mana base concerns and also just curve concerns. And as new sets come out, each of these decks which, you know, in the past could have been said to be pretty similar, are actually growing more and more unique. You've got uh, more combo decks with Ad Nauseam. Um, what other combo decks? Living End. You've actually got two nice varieties of Living End now. You've got the traditional Jund, and then you've got this blue-red version. Now, actually, there's three. There's a, a Jund one. The Jund one is the classic one. Then blue-red uh, plays um, As Foretold and Electrodominance. What do you guys think about Electrodominance? Have you seen it in the format very much? I honestly have not seen it very much, uh, but 
it, it's certainly an interesting deck. I mean, being able to just ramp up to those huge, to, to a huge electro dominance, then like you can just, yeah, you can do pretty much anything you want. I mean, what I, what I've been seeing, and I think the general strategy is not necessarily to get like big electro dominances, but just to use it as an instant speed living end enabler. And it also just does gross stuff. Like all of the zero monocost, um, Suspend spells like Ancestral Vision, Living End. There might be one other one that I'm forgetting. Well, Restore Balance is in another deck. But if they have, um, as for Told Down, they can cast free Ancestral Recalls, basically. It's just, it's really kind of dirty with, you know, that combo. So um, Electro Dominance, you know, they can cast a free um, Ancestral Vision also. So um, it's, it's a really neat deck. Uh, I think we have a very good matchup against it. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're running Benthic Biomancer, which can actually dump a creature into the graveyard uh, on our side, which makes it better against Living End, um, or Miscaller, which just you know can just exile. Actually, is Miscaller good? No, it is good because <laughs> it, it, it specifies. I was thinking about like graphic. Don't go back on your hot take. Miscaller is awful. Uh, and I didn't mean good in the matchup. I mean good in the matchup because some certain cards care about whether things are coming from the graveyard or from exile or whatever. But Miscaller just cares if you don't cast it, basically. So really good against Living End, obviously. Yeah. Um, now, we have real a lot quick. Of... Yeah, please. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, um, so I think this is actually a good transition point because you brought up Benthic Biomancer. One mm -hmm. thing that we're seeing right now is Merfolk is actually um, – increasing in popularity and increasing their wins uh not only on uh, mtgo but in tournament scenes as well and it kind of is going hand in hand with benthic biomancer now benthic biomancer getting printed has been kind of the exact same time that my time between school life and everything else has hit me like a ton of bricks so i haven't been able to see so much of it um is he really the one that uh, has really put Merfolk over the top and is making it more of a competitive deck. And also, is it true that you're the one who came up with the nickname Ben? <laughs> so, um, all, all good, good observations. I, I want to say that when I, when you guys first contacted me uh, to do the show, I was looking at all this metagame stuff and things move around pretty quickly in modern and the cumulative percentage for Merfolk was around three quarters of 1%. And just in the last week, it's grown to just over 1%, which is a significant increase for, for such a small deck. It's like I think a, it's the most I've ever seen it. It's, well, no, no, no. It's, it's, been, it's been much, much, much. It was, it was tier one uh, for a few months um, a couple of years ago. I'm about so. to say, it's, it's been a while. It's been a long while. It has been a long while. We have definitely you know, been tier two slash tier three for, for a good, good amount of time. But <clears throat> to get to your, to your questions, I guess. Um, so Benthic Biomancer, when it was spoiled, I got really excited. Uh, and it was, it was an interesting moment because not everybody had the same take that I did. I thought it was like a clear-cut winner and others were much more reluctant, hesitant about the card. Um, and, you know, it's still, I guess it's still hard to say definitively that it's, uh, you know, one of the main contributors to the recent run of sort of five consecutive 5-0 lists that have been po posted recently. Uh, I don't, I can't remember the last time we've had a streak like this on the mothership with these 5-0 lists. Um, but what jumped out to me about the card was that it, it did a lot of things that I think we want we've wanted a one drop to do or any card in our deck to do for that matter 
um, but we've been limited. And so as I was discussing earlier in, the, in, in uh, on the podcast, Miss Caller is pretty narrow. Ben's sort of the opposite. Uh, it's it's broadly applicable. The ability can be activated and and you can benefit from it in literally any matchup. So you just pay two mana, he becomes a 2-2, and you get to loot. So presumably you're improving the quality of the cards in your hand. Those are all things that can benefit us in any game. Now, there are some super aggressive matchups where we don't necessarily always have mana up to dump into Ben. But in those matchups, if, if we have things to use our mana for, like playing Lords or holding up mana for counter spells, that kind of thing, um, then then let's go ahead and use the mana for that. Ben is still a 1-1, like Curse Catcher and Miscaller have been forever. Uh, but, as I mentioned, the ability is really relevant. Just having a 2-2 that was a one drop in your deck. Now it's on the, yes, you've paid three mana to get it to the point where it's a two, two, but that's a card in your deck that previously, if you were playing one drops would have always been a one, one. So I've won many, many, I've won many games where I've just been able to turn a two, two sideways, uh, where a one, one just really wouldn't have cut the job. It's just half the clock, you know? Another cool thing, too, is um, I remember back with uh, Aether Revolt, or um, Kaladesh, actually, that a lot of Merfolk players uh, in both Legacy and Modern were uh, playtesting uh, Looter Scooter really hard for that looting uh, ability. That's true. And uh, it just never worked out. Uh, it just wasn't good enough. Uh, at Legacy, it saw a little bit more play than Modern. But uh, I think Benthic really gives the deck that looting ability that really kind of like helps it out. So, so what, yeah. Where, where Looter Scooter just kind of failed on it. I'm sorry, what was that? Where, where looter scooter just failed. Well, you know the thing about the thing about um, looter scooter, um, smuggler's copter. There we go. Um, <laughs> looter scooter. I was trying to remember what it was. Smuggler's copter. It, you know, it, people still play it today. It's a really good card. Um, it's not just merfolk, but like death and taxes lists run still run smuggler's copter. It's super solid. Um, but there's actually a, beyond. The, the the idea that I just shared that uh, Ben's ability is, is really broad. Something else that it does is, as you said, uh, two other things, I guess, is is the, the loot. Yes, it's on a merfolk body now, right? So we don't have to look outside of our tribe to get that kind of filtering effect that we so badly need. Um, I think one of the shortcomings of other tribes in modern, like humans and spirits, is they don't have sort of cards that can help them against mid-range decks, you know, they just run out of steam and that's it. We have silver oh, gills. Say that out loud. Wizards are going to print a human that does that now. <laughs> oh, man. Actually, they got Militia Bugler, which is really good, actually. So, um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, I guess, yeah. So, um, yes, having a loot effect on a Merfolk is, is just phenomenal. Uh, and, yeah, so I don't think we're going to play a, a Smuggler's Copter anytime soon. Another side of Ben uh, that I immediately sort of latched onto when I saw it spoiled was the fact that its ability can be activated at instant speed. Like when I saw this new ability on this card, I read to see like that sorcery speed text, you know, where it's like this ability can only be activated anytime you could cast a sorcery, but I didn't see it. So I was like, oh, that's amazing. We can, we can hold up mana. And then, you know, you start to brainstorm and you're just like, well, this is a direction that Merfolk has actually been moving in for, for the last year or so with Merfolk Trickster, um, many people uh, run like a single Echoing Truth or Dismembers or Vapor Snags. Um, Harbinger of the Tide, if you have four mana up, we have a lot of things that let us hold up mana. So you play Ben on turn one, 
turn two, you just pass the turn to the opponent, puts them in a tough spot because um, what could you be representing? You know, should they play their haymaker if you're on the draw, like on turn three? Are they going to play Liliana of the Veil and get it countered, or are you know are they going to just play something a little bit less impactful? In which case, at the end of the turn, you can just activate Ben's adaptability. Now all of a sudden, you're improving your hand. You have a two-two. Um, so yeah, Ben just is like some. It's kind of like grease that just makes the deck work a lot smoother. And so I guess the idea I didn't really actually say it clearly is that. Adding instant speed effects like that to the deck makes it that much easier for us to run main deck two mana counter spells, uh, so that when we pass with with Ben on the table, uh, we're representing that that much broader a spectrum of like potential threats and answers all at once against opponents. So um, that's been working out really well. All of the five O lists recently by Merfolk have had both four Bens and four main deck counter spells. Some people run Deprive. Some people run Wizard's Retort. Some people are running Monoleak. So we'll get to a consensus on that eventually. But the consensus already seems to be arrived at that it's a good idea to be running these two mana counter spells alongside Ben. Um, now, in your opinion, is that what's putting Merfolk over the top? Because something's happening. There's a catalyst occurring that's mm. making Merfolk more competitive and pushing it further up into the tier two, hopefully tier 1.5 in the near future. Um, is, is that the definitive answer, or at least your hypothesis? Well, some people will are, seem really quick to say things like, we have favorable matchups at the top of the format. And I think that's true to an extent. Uh, we're pretty good against Death Shadow, and we're pretty good against um, the Phoenix decks. And you know, we've always been okay against Burn. We, we struggle a little bit against Dredge and some of the other decks, but... Um, but those top decks, we do have good matchups, and so that could obviously be contributing towards uh, sort of a, an apparent resurgence in, in Merfolk, in popularity. Uh, but the fact that the deck lists are all so similar in the past, even a month ago, um, Merfolk decks were all over the place. You know, you had people running Curse Catchers, you had people running Miscallers, you had people running no one-drops at all. Uh, you had some people running Spell Pierce, uh, some people not running Spell Pierce. You have so many people on blue-green still after Ixalan, that ridiculous set that split our tribe up into you know these the two camps you have mono blue you have blue green um so to answer your question i definitely think that um ben seems to be um it, all right i'm going to speak from my own personal point of view after running i don't it must be at this point um in the neighborhood of 20 to 30 leagues with Ben and my win rate is, I'd say in general, on average, slightly higher than it was in the past, but the format is getting faster and more powerful. And the fact that I can sustain my win rate just means that our deck is keeping up with this crazy format. The main deck counter spells give us answers to so much that can be thrown at us. You know, it's like, it doesn't, hard counters don't care if it's ad nauseum or a Gurmag Angler, you could just counter it. So um, that flexibility is really strong. And it's definitely be contributing. Uh, it's, I mean, it, you can look at it one of two ways. You can say we're doing well because of the the format is moving, or you can say we're doing well because of this new card and this new approach. And it's how are you going to prove one or the other? Yeah, I'd, I'd say uh, to jump in and, and kind of interrupt you there. Um, it's it's kind of like how at the top of the show uh, I'd said that you know our view of Miss Caller was kind of skewed because of the state of the meta. And so maybe maybe people's evaluation of Miscolor was kind of uh, skewed because of ha like the decks that we were facing on a regular basis. 
Now, uh, Ben, uh, and Rothgar and I in episode 50, uh, we, we had a, a fairly good discussion about Ben as well, just kind of being a better average case scenario over curse catcher and miscaller. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like you said, you know, there are lots of decks that miscaller has a very narrow application of, um, but on the whole against most decks, uh, Ben is just a better a better card in in almost all situations. Um, now with the meta kind of dividing a little bit and kind of spreading out and and kind of getting away from these graveyard decks and these kind of uh, is it Phoenix decks? Um, mm-hmm. it, it, you're you're right. It is really hard to say whether it's it's the meta kind of spreading out or it's the or it's or it's uh, Ben kind of assisting us by either. Uh, filtering, you know, filtering away a late game uh, Aether Vial or filtering away, you know, like a um, a, a third, you know, uh, uh, a Harbinger or something like that that's not useful. Um, you know, there's just so right, many that, factors. That, that ability that you just said uh, is really, really strong. It's, it's uh, pretty much equivalent to drawing a card. And to have a one drop that gives you access to card advantage is, is pretty massive. I mean... Uh, Humans for a while had access to Thraben and Spectre and was playing it. They've moved past it because they're really all about aggro at this point with a couple of slightly controlling elements with Meddling Mage and Reflector Mage. And if any game goes sort of late, um, Ben very quickly becomes extra Silvergill Adepts because um, if, if we haven't closed out a game already, it's probably because we drew too many Aether Vials or we drew too many lands, and being able to throw one of those away and draw something else off the top of our deck is incredibly powerful. Um, there's a lot of people who just think Silvergill is the best Merfolk in the deck, and to get four more of those is pretty sensational. Well, you might say, well, most games are going super fast in Modern. Um, but I have to say, from my own experience, and now this this is really the crux of the the matter for me, I think, is that I've been so deeply dissatisfied with our one-drops for, for forever. And I got this card, Benthic Biomancer, in the deck, and suddenly it felt like a big a big part of what the deck was lacking is is, is suddenly there like we have we have something we can lean on at the beginning of the game whereas curse catcher you know it's like what what is he doing like he gets in one damage and then you sack him and you sack and you counter like a monomorphos and you're like yes yeah, so much value and i guess i guess you know it's like a one damage counter or a two drop kind of instant or sorcery but ben i mean he's a two two that can, you don't have to sacrifice right? He's just a 2-2 that stays on the board and can draw you cards. I, it's just ridiculous. I, <laughs> the fact that it takes so much convincing for so many people. I, I, you know, I've been sold on this card for a while now, and um, I, think, I think everybody who plays Merfolk should be playing it, and it takes time, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, to, to, answer, yeah, to answer your question before, I, I did actually coin the name Ben, so let's just <laughs> get that in the record books. All right, well, you heard it here first. I, I, I generally agree with with everything that you've said. I think that Ben is at least at least going forward, kind of uh, where we want to be. Um, and, and that's this is that's, probably the most exciting Merfolk has been since uh, Master Waves in print, right? Uh, it's definitely a really exciting moment. Uh, Master of Waves was a funny one because there was probably more disagreement about Master of Waves than than there is about Ben. People thought a four drop. Uh, was not, you know, quote unquote, not what Merfolk wants to be doing. People would say like, oh, why didn't you just play two Lords on turn four? Uh, I guess. I mean, it's like, it, it's, you know, uh, apples and bananas or whatever. So 
two very different plays. Um, but anyhow, obviously Master of Waves is amazing. It just takes people to, a while to realize these things. So yes, when Master of Waves came out, we were really excited about it once we realized it was good. And um, I think people are starting to realize how good Ben is. Uh, there will be another 5.0 list, a sort of, uh, what do you call it, like a drop on the mothership tomorrow. So let's, let's hope that, you know, Marvel continues its streak. Yeah, so thank you very much, uh, Joe, for coming on to share your thoughts about where modern is and kind of uh, how how Ben has kind of uh, been affecting mer- merfolk in the format. Uh, I I agree with you wholeheartedly that we're we're doing pretty good so far. We're on a, we're on a tear. So you know everybody in the merfolk community, let's keep this up. Let's let's keep things going and and uh, uh, you know, get a few more slam dunks on, and publishes on uh, Wizards Mothership page. Uh, Matt, do you have any closing arguments? No, um, I am not down on Merfolk right now. And you know I've been honest with you guys, and I, I've been down for a while, but I think it's on the upswing, so golf and, clap. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I, I wanted to put one more little thing in, is that um, Marrow, uh, Mark Rosewater, uh, has been dropping some some hints lately about a set that's going to come out sometime, presumably in the next half year or so, um, it's, it's one of their quote unquote, I guess, like innovation sets, I think where it's like conspiracy, those kinds of sets. But this one is according to him going to have an impact on modern. So hard to decipher what impact might mean, but if it's just like reprints, it doesn't seem like impact is the right word. Right. Um, so what a lot of people are thinking is that this might be a set where cards are getting put directly into modern sort of bypassing standard. So this might be an opportunity for them to get Counterspell into the format, which would be a strict upgrade for our deck since we're starting to run cards like Deprive and Wizards Retort, which are just like bad Counterspells. So uh, it's an exciting time for sure, and that's just you know adding more fuel to the fire, I think, this uh, possible cool set that's going to come out. Yeah, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, Joe, before we, before we close out here, uh, where can we find you again on the internet? Uh, well, I'm on YouTube. Uh, I guess just type in Merfolk Joe and you'll find me right away. And uh, I do have a, a Patreon page for any of you guys who want to support the YouTube channel. It's just patreon.com slash Merfolk Joe. And that's about it. And uh, one other thing I would like to say is uh, I think that one of the easiest places to find you is the Merfolk uh, Discord channel. Um, you're, you're fairly active in there as well, uh, discussing uh, mostly modern, uh, but a few other things in the Merfolk channel. Uh, channel there uh so it's it, it's been really cool to be able to uh to to pick your brain on, on discord and, and see what you're thinking about uh where we are and all that fun stuff yeah i hope uh i haven't been too unfocused i hope that you know making some sense it's a little bit late here in new york and uh just no, about no, no, that's, for- that's why we just <laughs> let you go it's been great like it's been, it's been more like a like a master's class i'm sitting here just taking notes <laughs> uh, <laughs> i'm glad it's recorded so i can go back and listen to it again <laughs> And remember that you can reach out and talk to us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook is at FishCastMTG. We're also on the Merfolk subreddit, uh, the Merfolk Discord channel, the Facebook group, um, our own Facebook channel. Uh, basically, anywhere you can find us, we're, we're at FishCastMTG. Personally, on Twitter, I am not Cody Smith. And Matt, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm Matthew Caudill8. If you have a longer form question, feel free to and email Joe's us. And Joe's on Twitter. He should be. Yeah, Come on, Twitter. <laughs> jo- join us on the Twitter. <laughs> on the twit you abbreviated twitter <laughs> <laughs> i only have so many characters if you yeah. have a longer form question feel free to email us at fishcastmtg at gmail.com our cover art was made by tessa and hunter pruitt and our logo and stream art was done by ishton on twitter 
If you like what we're doing here, please rate and subscribe in the Apple or Google Play Podcast App Store, as well as find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash fishcastmtg. Thank you, everybody, so much for your time, and we will see you all next week. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.